Greg Joseph to win it. He's got it. Vikings a winner. I was in a lot of pain. Running the halftime early to get it checked out. Very, very painful. Got stepped on in the first half. So it's going to be another painful week next week, and then hopefully start to feel a little better in the bye. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Here's your host, Grant Bills. I'm sure you came into work today thinking similar things to me. Like I got to work today and I thought, all right, just get through the day. I know we got a lot to get done, a lot to handle before Thanksgiving, but once we just get through today, we got a four-day weekend, got a holiday, get to see family and friends and eat a bunch. It'll be great. Just push through today. It won't be that hard. Show tonight. We're going to have two guests. We're just going to talk about the Badgers. It'll be nothing, right? Nothing nothing difficult. And then and then Aaron, Aaron Rodgers has his Packers presser today because it's Wednesday, and he pulls out his toe on camera. He starts showing off his feet. Man. There are people who are into feet. You can charge a lot for videos and pictures of your feet. Don't just give that out for free. So what was supposed to be a very run-of-the-mill, easy, just get through the day to Thanksgiving Day uh, got a little weird. Roger's going all natural during his during his presser today. What the hell? I don't think we're going to talk much about that. Now, if you'd like to, uh, it sounds like he's got a fractured toe. He doesn't have COVID toe. We still don't know how he broke it. But he's got a fractured toe. Um, so we finally got to the bottom of the toe. Well, or maybe we didn't. We know what's wrong. I guess we still don't know how it happened. But I'm kind of past the point of caring. Uh, now, we're going to talk mostly about the Badgers today. And I'm very excited to do so. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. And I hope you are having an excellent day. Cruising, hopefully without too much resistance, into Thanksgiving. We are going to be joined by two of my favorite people on today's show. Uh, Ebo. We'll join us at 5.30 over the line, mornings on The Zone, our affiliate Madison. And then we will be joined by, really, when you come down to it, he's really the voice of God of the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. That's Zach Heil. With this Wisconsin Sports yes. Zone Network update, I'm Zach Heil. Yes! He'll be with us at 4.30 to talk Badgers. Holidays with Heilprin. Thanks Thanksgiving with holiday. We'll work on it. We'll workshop it. He'll join us to talk Badgers football, a little Badgers basketball, too, because the Maui, Jimmy Maui Invitational, I want to make sure I get it right, um, that's going on right now. And the Badgers are playing right now, except this UConn-Auburn game, which is the battle for Atlantis, is still going. So now Wisconsin and St. Mary's, which is a championship game, is on ESPN2. Do you guys mind if I take a sec and change over my laptop here so I can actually see Wisconsin versus St. Mary's? I don't want to miss anything. We're going to talk about Badgers basketball to start the show, so I feel like I should have it in front of me. ESPN2. Pull up the Badgers game while we wait for this game to finish. All right, look, love Auburn and UConn, two of my favorite programs, uh, but I'd rather have the Badger game on. Now that's started. Okay, we can proceed. 608-796-2558. That's the talking text line. If you'd like to hit me up and join the show that way, you can. You can tweet me, follow me, at Wisco Grant. I want to start by talking Badgers basketball. Yes! College basketball is leading the show today. And I want to start before we get into college basketball by kind of setting it up. I I want to use an analogy. You know, I'm a big analogy guy here. Uh, I don't know if we've had this discussion before, but I'm a big bird guy. I like birds. 
uh, really anything to do with birds. Bird watching, a little bird hunting. I like a good grouse hunt. It's very regal, very old-timey. feel like I'm in Scotland with my vest on and my old wooden shotgun. You're walking through the woods on a beautiful fall day. I love a good grouse hunt. Um, I, I suppose if I lived somewhere where there were a lot of pheasants, I would enjoy a pheasant hunt too. Duck hunting's a little bit, that's, that's a project. Um, that being said, if anyone loves duck hunting and has space in their boat and a dog and uh, would like to bring me, it's fun. You just need a lot of stuff. It's a project. I like bird hunting. I also like bird watching, right? I'm going up north here in a few weeks uh, to one of my favorite spots in northern Wisconsin, and I'm going to try. I've already got my mind made up. I'm really going to go balls to the walls to try to spot a great gray owl. Very rare that they come down this far south, but who knows? I'm way up by Lake Superior, so maybe, maybe get lucky. Big lesson with birds, and big lesson in life, but especially with birds here. Birds are cyclical, right? They're always going through cycles. If we're talking about the rough grouse, if you're a grouse hunter, you know this. Grouse go through cycles. About every 10 years, they cycle. They will bottom out, and then they'll peak population-wise, and then they'll bottom out, and then they'll peak, right? It just depends on how much food is there and the weather. A really, really cold winter will decimate the grouse population. So if you go a couple of warm years, that helps them to really get their numbers up, and then they typically come back down. If you're a grouse hunter, you know this, always up and down. It's it's cycling. Or uh, with owls. I said I'm going to go bird watching for owls, hoping I see one. Right? It kind of depends how far they come south because it depends on how much food there is up north. And if there's not enough food because it's too cold, well, then birds start coming south, right? There's always cycles going on. And obviously with ducks and waterfowl, we talk about migratory patterns. I think I'm experiencing something similar here with college basketball. I feel like I'm peaking again. I think I go through cycles with my college basketball watching. It's like a couple of times every three or four years, I'll get really into it, and then I'll take a year or two off, and then I'll get really into it, and then I'll take take a year or two off. It's not 10 years like the beautiful rough grouse, but maybe three or four years, two or three years. Nothing set in stone. I found myself the last couple of weeks watching random games, like getting home at night. I was like, oh, Duke's playing? I guess I can watch... Paulo Bonchero, like, all right, I'll watch some prospects, get ready for the NBA draft, do my do my homework there. Or Gonzaga played last night. They played UCLA, so I got to watch Chet Holmgren. He's one of the top recruits in the country, right? So I'm just I'm making the rounds. I'm watching teams. I'm I'm interested. I'm I'm intrigued by college basketball again. And I've also really been enjoying this Badgers basketball team. I don't know if they're any good, but they've been fun to watch so far. In fact, that might be my first question to Zach Heilprin when we speak with him at 4.30, and obviously we're going to talk Badgers hoops. Is this team, are they, are they good? I don't know. They're 4-1, and one, and they beat a Houston team that was ranked top 15 yesterday in the Maui Gym Maui Invitational Championship. God, is that a mouthful. Thankfully, it's on, on the TV in front of me. Sure, they've won a couple of games, and rankings are tough to decipher at this point in the season because we just don't have a big sample size with any of these teams. But are they... Are they good? Are the Badgers good? Are they going to contend for a top spot in the Big Ten? Are they going to contend for... I mean, what are we talking about here? What's the context? Is this team any good? Let's talk about yesterday. Badgers holding on to beat 12th ranked Houston, like I said. And I want to pull up the box score. I have some football scores in front of me, but I don't have yesterday in front of me. I'm going to pull that up. Texas A&M, Wisconsin, that'll work. Johnny Davis had 30 yesterday. And the Badgers held on to beat 12th-ranked Houston 65-63. Got a little hairy at the end. I think maybe if the game would have been three minutes longer, Wisconsin might have lost. But, you know, got to get it done in, in the 20-minute half or whatever it is. Badgers built up just enough of a lead and made enough plays in the first half 
and scattered throughout the second to hold on, despite Houston really putting a run on it at the end. And they had some little mini scoring flurries from like Tyler Wall, who had some buckets in the second half and, and other players. But it was the Johnny Davis show who had 30 yesterday. He was hooping. And I don't mean to obsess over the guy. I think I've mentioned a couple of times, big lacrosse central basketball fan. I watched him and covered him in high school. And I obviously watched and covered Kobe King before him. I just like the program. They put together a lot of good teams and really good players. And on Alaska, for that matter, too. And when my show was only on in lacrosse and we'd talk about lacrosse central basketball games, like we'd break down central on Alaska. I'd lead my show with it and we'd talk about it. And I would get flack from on Alaska fans. who are like, why are you always talking about central? There's a lot of good programs in Wisconsin. Anna and central both won. But I really like watching lacrosse central basketball and players, especially at the next level. My fandom aside... Johnny Davis is the reason why I think we should be excited about this team and be fired up about this team. I think he's the reason that this team has potential possibly greater than what we saw last year or the year before. He's the reason this team could maybe have a high ceiling. And if not this year, maybe next year. I love Greg Gard. Okay, I'm a, I'm a Greg Gard guy. Do I love him like we all loved Bo Ryan? No, I probably don't like Greg Gard to the level that I even like Paul Christ, but I like Greg Gard. He fits. He fits the mold of what works in Wisconsin and how they've ran their program in the past. I like Greg Gard. He's a good fit. Is he the most glamorous? No. Maybe they had some bumps in the road with certain players and some disagreements, but I think every program experiences that here and there. I like Greg Gard, okay? My one knock on Greg Gard the last couple of years, and it's something that I've never really been able to pin down and, and, and put into exact words, But my one knock with him has been player development, right? Player like Khalil Iverson comes in as a freshman and is a role player when he's really young. And you're like, man, this guy's got potential. Wait until he's a junior or wait until he's a senior. And then he never really got that much better. Player like Charlie Thomas. I remember when he was a freshman, huge, just mountain of a man. I'm like, oh boy, this this dude's going to be a beast. And then he never really got any better. Brevin Pritzel. He was a good shooter when he was a freshman, sophomore, and then he just never really got that much better. They didn't get worse. They just never popped. Good players come in as freshmen, and they stay good. They never turn great. Like Frank Kaminsky came in as a no-name guy and then got great. He didn't just improve incrementally a little bit. He popped. He ascended. He turned into a star. And I was reading a piece by Jim Polzine, State Journal, a couple of weeks back on this topic of of player development. And he wrote that on player development, players have gotten better. They've improved incrementally, but they haven't popped. They haven't taken the leap. And I read that and I was like, yeah, I like that. I I like that. That that helps kind of articulate my thoughts on Greg Gard and what I think is perceived to be a big weakness of his, which is player development, because no player has popped really since Frank Kaminsky. Brad Davison, when he was a young player, like, oh, man, this guy's got it. He's going to fit great for this program, and he's tough, and he cares. And he's still tough, and he still cares, but did he get that much better? Did he pop? No, he just kind of stayed the same. Johnny Davis is the one guy in this team that I think has the potential to pop, and we saw it yesterday. He can do a little bit of everything. Offensively yesterday, I'd say he had an outlier shooting performance. He went four of seven from three. He's capable of that. I'm not going to come to expect that every single game. Sure, probably an outlier shooter performance. But on offense, 
He's best as a playmaker. Yeah, he can score. He had 30 yesterday, for God's sake. But Wisconsin and Greg Gard, I think they're using him the way they should be using him when they're running offense. They're using him like he was used at Lacrosse Central. Yeah, he can bring the ball up and he can operate as a guard. But I think he's best as a wing or as a forward in the high post. And he can run the offense from there because he's got such good vision around him. He's a great playmaker. He can manipulate the defense with his eyes and with fakes and with his threat of scoring as well. Kind of similar to the way that the Bulls are using DeMar DeRozan. He's scoring a ton, yes, but his true role, his true title is a playmaker. He's doing a little bit of everything. Offensively, I think they're doing a great job with him so far. And defensively, how can you not value a 6'5", versatile wing defender? Do you know how valuable a player like that is? There are NBA teams that would kill for players just like Johnny Davis. Obviously, the NBA versions, right? We're talking about Paul George, who's a long wing that can defend, who can switch. Chris Middleton is one of these players. Klay Thompson is one of these players. Kawhi is the best example. There's just not a lot of those players to go around. Long, versatile wings that can guard multiple positions. Johnny Davis is that guy. He can guard out on the perimeter. Absolutely. He can also get underneath. He had a couple of blocks yesterday. He had four steals. He does a little bit of everything. And you can build a defense around him. Giannis is another player, obviously on a bigger scale, because Giannis is bigger and taller. But I'm just talking relative to his team, right? The position that Giannis plays defensively, it's hard to have a bad defense when you have a guy like Giannis because he just makes up for so much. He's so long. He can recover. He has reach. He has touch. He can block shots. Ooh, Johnny Davis. Back down, young fella. I'm watching the game at the same time we're doing this. It's impossible to have a bad defense when Giannis is your anchor point. And I think if the Badgers set up their defense around Johnny Davis, that similar principle applies. And, and Chucky Hepburn, the way he was moving yesterday and bouncing off of screens and, and switching, and, and he's sticky too. So if they have him anchoring the defense on the on the perimeter as a guard, and then they can have Johnny Davis on the inside and around the perimeter or around the, the rack, I like this team. I don't know if they're any good, um, but I'm certainly more excited about this team than I have been in the last year or so. Maybe that's saying the last couple of teams haven't been all that great. I also like that Johnny Davis has played in really big games. Some really, really high-stakes games in high school against top-ranked opponents. I mean, he played, we were talking about Chet Holmgren. Chet Holmgren playing for Gonzaga now, the number one recruit in the country. Alongside Jalen Suggs, who now plays for the Magic. That was a team Lacrosse Central played against, Minnehaha Academy, in lacrosse a couple of years ago. He's used to playing in big moments against really, really talented, star-studded opposing teams. Like him in big moments. Trust him at the end of games. He was hitting big free throws yesterday when it mattered most. That's important. really like this Badgers team. I'm excited about him. Let's take a break. I actually want to talk about Badgers football. Talk about the Axe game, which is coming up this weekend. And you can chime in on hoops or on football. I just want to talk Badgers. And we're going to talk Badgers with Zach Heilprin as well in about 15 minutes. Don't miss that. Wisco Sports Show back in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills. On the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. I got I got a uh, I got Zach's voicemail. So hopefully he's just on the phone with someone very important, probably a source close to some situation. Maybe he's on the phone with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, and hopefully we can get connected with Zach here in a few minutes. And if not, if Zach had something come up, uh, that's fine as well. 
Give me a tweet at Wisco Grant. We're going to talk more Badgers. We're going to talk more Packers, I think, in the second half of the show. Our friend Ebo from The Zone will join us at 530. And I'm thinking that Ebo and I are going to try to tackle this toe thing with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, We might have a little fun with that before we say goodbye for Thanksgiving. That's coming up in an hour. Zach! Zach has has reached out. He's connected. Zach, oh my God, you gave me a fright. Um, Look, I get it. If you have something come up or your plans change, that's fine. The show will go on, but just know that as a friend, I, I would have been bummed to not get to talk to you today. And yet, here I am. It's all good. <laughs> you sound so thrilled. You sound so amped to be on the show. Hey, before we talk Badgers, because that's what I want to do, both basketball and football, were you in the Packers press conference today with Aaron Rodgers where he pulled out his toe on camera? Well, you realize that he's no longer in front of uh, people. Were you, right? in, were you in the Zoom room? Yes. What What was that like? Did you expect, like, he pulled his foot out. Like, that's, I don't know if I've ever seen that in a press conference before. At the very least, it was entertaining. This dude is a meme, a walking meme. Yeah. Days. Like, it's just, it, it is, it's remarkable. Um, you could tell he knew the question was coming, because I think at the beginning of it, he kind of was like, I don't know if I'm able to get my toe up here. So he knew the question was coming, and he was prepared for it. I don't know what the hell is the Wall Street Journal is doing like where their editors were yeah. when they can't they couldn't decipher whether that was a joke yesterday and and maybe maybe some other people had some problems with it too I, I did not like they've been trying to get him to come out and say what's wrong with his toe for like the last three weeks mm-hmm. uh, or ever since uh, it happened so it's just so stupid this is on this isn't it's not on him that the Wall Street Journal ran with it but it is on him that it's still a question like it was well, yeah. could have just been like you know I heard it I heard it trying to uh, when I was ramping up my workouts yeah. uh, is it's it's I'm going to play through it like he could have put it all to bed once again and yet he decided he didn't want to do that and uh, maybe he, he doesn't think he owes it to us and that's fine but that's what led us today but either way this is, the Wall Street Journal is an, uh, an absolute disaster in this situation like how that ever made it to, to print is just pathetic well yeah and I'm like he called it misinformation whatever I mean it was probably just a dumb article to write because we didn't know for sure it wasn't confirmed um Look, I tweeted about it, and there's a bunch of people in my mentions who are like, oh, you should have known it was a joke. It's like, look, I'm not the one who wrote the article, right? They didn't think it was a joke. They went with it, and I'm not the one who's upset. Rogers is. Rogers is the one who's ticked, yeah, but, and he could have prevented this. But, I think that was my point on Twitter, and I'm taking flack for it. No, he could have He could have prevented it, but it's yeah. not on him that these idiots wrote the, that they took this as real and, and ran with it. He yeah. never— he never said like he never said that like he didn't he didn't come out and say this is what it is this is what's going on like it was a joke the entire time it's been a joke for the last three weeks uh, in these last three times he's been on the show like this it's they've tried to do that with him and he's just he hasn't been he hasn't come through and said exactly what's what but yeah no this is on he he owes a little bit but this is all on them their stupidity for going ahead and running it it's, and I'm I'm usually yeah. obviously on the media side of things. Mm-hmm. I get like I'm I'm completely understand it, but this just complete um, and utter stupidity and and the the lack of editor there is just uh, is horrible. Well, no horrible. stupidity at MadCitySportsZone.com where you can find Zach's reporting on everything, and you can follow him on Twitter at Zach Heilprin. Uh Let's do Badgers basketball first. Uh, we were messaging a little bit earlier today about Johnny Davis, who had thirty, and they've looked like a really fun team in this Maui Jim Maui Invitational that's in Vegas. I. This might seem like a broad question. You can take it any way you want, but like, is this is this Badger team good? What what do we think of them right now? Mm. How, how good are, are they? 
I think they can be as good as they were in the first half yesterday and be as bad as, as they were in the second half yesterday. Sure. Like that, like that, you know what I mean? Like they're, they're going to have those moments because they are so young, but they have a legitimate, I don't want to call him a super superstar yet. They have a star in Johnny Davis. He is, uh, he is going to be, he's going to lead them as far as they can potentially go. Like he, if, if they're going to have a good season and get to the, uh, get to the tournament and, and, you know, have a good season in the big 10, it's going to be because of him. And we saw that yesterday. Uh, I think everyone is getting an introduction to him. I, I, like there was a big 10 list of like best players in the big 10 that Andy Katz put out mm-hmm. before the season. And Johnny Davis was not on it. And uh, I, you know, he hasn't had a chance to prove it, but I think everyone was expecting this is, this was going to be his team. And we're kind of seeing uh, what it, why it's going to be his team. I, as for whether they are going to be any good, you know, we'll see. They're going to have ups and downs because yeah. I, I, they're not a great shooting team. And uh, they're going to be counting on, uh, on Johnny to be a, a, a very, very good player yeah. uh, on, a day, on a nightly basis because otherwise they're going to hurt. I mean, they're shooting 27% right now. <laughs> the shooting still in the game. The shooting, the shooting hasn't been great. Yeah, I'm trying to watch as I did yesterday while doing the show. Uh, and it's been back and forth. St. Mary's has looked a little bit better, but the Badgers are hanging in there within a couple of points. Let, let's talk defense. The offense, we have to figure out. But defensively, I mean, isn't it a coach's dream to have a 6'5 wing like Davis who can defend multiple positions? He got a bunch of steals yesterday and a bunch of blocks. And then Chucky Hepburn, too. This dude is bouncing off of screens. And I there were a couple of moments yesterday where I was like, whoa, watching him move around on defense with those two guys. You can build a defense around that, right? And that's what the Badgers want to do. That's what they always want to do. Yeah, they're they're going to be a good defensive team because they have they put effort in, right? And they and they know they have to put effort in. And, and Chucky Hepburn, I know, as Greg Gard talked about him earlier this year, saying that at one point he just got they needed uh, he got kind of run down at the end of the game because he works so hard on defense, chasing, 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 mm-hmm. and he and he does that. And I think that there are going to be times again where they look young uh they have they've they've left some some open shooters at times but no they they have the pieces to be very good defensively i think where the biggest challenge is going to come is in the post against sure. the the type of post players that they're going to face on uh, a nightly basis in the big 10 and steven crowell and chris voigt having to, to man up and play against those, against those guys mm-hmm. i don't think that's a recipe for success success um but it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out uh, well, just because I think yeah. they are, just because I think Stephen Crowell, I think Stephen Crowell, uh, perhaps not necessarily ready to bang with the Hunter Dickinsons and the Trace Jackson Davises of the world. Yeah, well, and uh, a Kofi Coburn is still at Illinois, right? Like, there's a bunch of these big bruiser centers. I, I'm That's not some... wrong, right? He's still there, correct? And then Io went to the NBA. He's on the Bulls now, right? Desumo's on in Chicago. Something. Yeah, he is. He is. Uh, he is still there. Uh, I think he was suspended for the first few games for selling some. Uh, Selling some things, business. Uh, I think selling uh, his uh, like his gear. Oh, yeah, I, oh, I think that's what it was. Oh, my, my my mind went somewhere else when you said selling things. I did not. The, my, the first thing in my mind was not a uh, was not jerseys or memorabilia. Okay, I'm glad you clarified that. Yeah. Yes. Well, and Crowell has had issues. He's eating a lot of fouls these last two games. I know the foul trouble angle. And once again, I'm watching when I'm on air, but when I'm checking Twitter, it's hey, Crowell has third foul, fourth foul, this much time left. Which in college, and I'm more of an NBA guy, you always have to remember. Foul trouble can be much more of a factor. We're talking with Zach Heilprin, the voice uh, that you hear on the updates and reporter for everything for the Wisconsin Sports and Radio Network. Uh, football. I love the Axe game. It's probably my favorite game of the year, and I was watching highlights today, Zach, of 2019. And I think that's my favorite Axe game mm-hmm. in recent memory 
when the Badgers pulled away with it and Cephas was everywhere. And then those shots at the end, seeing P.J. Fleck wet and drippy in his and sad in his quarter zip and his tie on the sideline of, of TCF Bank Stadium. That's one of my favorite games the last couple of years. It was a fun one, I think, for Wisconsin, certainly, because it was a year in the making. Yeah. Uh, they had, if you think about 2018, they, they had lost the Axe game since 2003. And uh, 2018 came, and the, the entire season was a disappointment, right? Like, it was. It was. They yeah. started Where they started the year and where they finished the year was a huge disappointment. And for them to be able to, uh, and then to finish it off with that, it was very, very hard. And so they, they didn't have the Axe. Instead of the axe, there was pictures of uh, pictures of the Gophers celebrating in 2018 in that trophy case instead. And it was yeah. like that. And I know some of that stuff can be, can be kind of ridiculous, but um, there there are there, that, that's where that's where they were. And so Wisconsin uh, had a lot going, and, it, and they finished it off, and they did it. And I, the, the, my biggest memory from the game, the 2019 game, is, is Chris Orr talking afterwards about how disrespectful that PJ Fleck. And Minnesota was with the axe and the way that they paraded it around to everybody uh, around the states and how they treated it as like this attraction as opposed to what it should be, the the, the proper respect it should be given. But, yes, it was a really, really entertaining game, uh, and it kind of pushed, or I should say, pushed uh, Wisconsin back to the top of the Big Ten West and that they are the best program in the Big Ten West, and it it ended Minnesota's best season, essentially. I mean, obviously they had a bowl (laughs) game, but. You know, I mean, their best season in, in 20 years, and it was ended by Wisconsin. And, and they did it in emphatic fashion, and they did it in front of their home fans, and then they celebrated it. It was uh, it was a fun – I mean, it was a fun day for uh, Wisconsin fans for sure. That was really fun. And I, I remember, and I talked about this right before I had you on, Zach. And I'm not from Madison. My parents didn't go to UW-Madison. My brother goes there now. But I, I'm a Badger fan – but not in the way that people like you get. It's a little bit different in Madison. You guys are closer to it. Or if you went to school there, it's it's there's levels of Badger fandom. And what blew me away after that loss in 2018 was how like offended everyone was. Because for years, like you said, they hadn't lost the Axe game since 2003. And we got used to winning. But I always thought in my mind, well, at some point, you know, I think the expression I used was, you know, even a blind squirrel finds a nut. Like at some point they're bound to lose one. And they did in 2018. And I remember the reaction from alumni and former players. I, like it was offensive. Like, like it, it was getting, it was making people sick. That's how bad it was. Like that game matters, and I don't think I really realized to what degree it matters to so many people until they lost it in 2018. That was nuts to me. Yeah, I mean, I being in the post game lock or being in the post game uh, media room, mm-hmm. TJ Edwards talking about how disappointed it was and how sorry he was, and it wasn't for himself. It was for the alumni that had come before them. Like, nobody yeah. wanted to be the senior class to lose it. And they were, and they did it in just, like, whimpering fashion, too. I mean, mm-hmm. it wasn't a close game. They didn't play well. Alex Hornibrook turned the ball over a bunch. The, the defense couldn't stop the little slants uh, that, that uh, they ran over and over and over again. So it was it was ugly, and it was – I mean, it was a nasty day out, too. Like, there was, there was just very little uh, to be gained – there's very little to be happy about on that day. And, um, you know, for, for whatever reason, uh, they didn't play well that day. And, and Minnesota was a better team. And, you know, once in 17 years, that's not too bad, I guess. No, it's not. And that one loss, it, it blew me away, the reaction. And the alumni, like you said, like people were apologizing. It's nuts. Uh, Zach, final question. Do you have thoughts going into this weekend's game? I think looking back at the 2019 game, it was clear to me that they figured it out offensively. Like they figured out how to do this sweep with this guy and how to best use this receiver. And 
that's happened a couple of times in the last few years. The Orange Bowl, it all came together. And that game against the Gophers, it all came together. Is it all going to come together? Are we going to see the best version of the Badgers offense this weekend? I think you will, actually. Uh, I mean, Woo! Minnesota stops the run. Like, Minnesota stops the run, uh, allegedly. So did Nebraska. I don't sure. think they're going to stop uh, Braylon <laughs> Allen. I think yeah. Braylon's going to run the ball down his throat. I think that Graham Mertz is going to hit a bunch of, you know, I think he's going to spread the ball like around, around like he has these last three weeks um, and uh, played well through an entire game these last two weeks. He's done it straight all three weeks. Uh, so I think the offense, yes, is going to come around. And I think the defense takes uh, a little bit of umbrage of what happened last week, even though Nebraska has routinely done that to them under mm-hmm. Scott Frost. He's all, they've always put up big yards. But I think that they have a little bit of a, a chip on their shoulder. And, and Minnesota, if they can't run the ball and they have to count on Dan on, uh, Tanner Morgan to beat them, it's going to be a really, really long day. Yeah. Because uh, he can't do it. He can't. I mean, they don't. They don't not. Have, they do not have the receivers that they did two years ago in, in uh, Tyler Johnson and Rashad Bateman. They don't. And we've seen what that means for Tanner Morgan. Tanner Morgan and Grant Mertz have essentially been the same quarterback this year. Yeah. And any any Wisconsin fan hears that, they're like, oh, okay, well. <laughs> That's not great in no. Tanner Morgan. So, um, and Graham has played much better than Tanner down the stretch. So I, I think Wisconsin wins. I'm going to say I think Wisconsin wins going away. I, I do. I, um, I know it's a, I know it's a seven point lead. I know it's a seven point game. But I, I, I think it's going to be like 34 to 14, something like that. Well, that's funny because Nebraska was supposed to be able to stop the run. And again, just like Bo Pelini was on the sideline, they're giving up, you know, plus 200 yards to a running back. It's uh, a tradition, yeah, really, they, when the Badgers play them. <laughs> that was allegedly the, that was allegedly the best uh, rush defense that Nebraska had in the Scott Frost era, um, and uh, it was not. And so I don't I don't envision you know unless Braylon Allen gets hurt, and we've seen him get dinged up a little bit here and there. I don't envision them stopping. He's just he, he's just too good, and they're they're blocking way too good. And uh, Graham is playing well enough and, and spreading it around to a whole bunch of different guys. Like I just I, I don't see it. Um, but I guess that's, again, why they play the game, and, and we'll see. But that's sports. I, I don't envision Minnesota being co-Big Ten West champs uh, come, <laughs> come Saturday nice. night. Nice. Got to get that jab in there at the end. Thank you, Zach. Hey, mm. happy Thanksgiving, and I'm thankful for you. I will remember you uh, when I'm sitting at my table tomorrow eating a plate of food. Thank you for the time, Zach. No problem, Grant. Say say hi to Evo for me. I, I will. Evo's coming up at 530. That's Zach Heilprin. All of the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. We're going to hear an update from him in just a couple of minutes. With this Wisconsin Sports Zone Network update, I'm Zach Heil. Let's take a break, get an update from Mike Clemens, and we'll reset the Wisco Sports Show after this. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers installing their game plan. They host the Rams Sunday afternoon at 325. Aaron Rodgers talked about the toe injury he's been dealing with on the McAfee Show. It is very painful. So, naturally, I'm leading people to understand that if it's worse than turf toe, there must be some sort of bone issue. Again, it's in a. It's better the fifth toe than the first toe, or even the second or the third. So this is pinky toe? I've given you enough information at this point. I have a t- injury that's not going away. 
and I'm going to be dealing with it for at least the next few weeks. Will Rodgers miss any playing time? Matt LaFleur. I don't believe so. I think he is as tough as they come, and I think he will fight through this thing. After winning seven games in a row, Green Bay has now lost two of their last three. Are injuries taking their toll? Linebacker Preston Smith. Uh, of course. Uh, we got to... We got to play better. We, did, we we weren't ourselves. We didn't play up to our standards. There's a lot of things we can fix, a lot of things we're going to learn from watching this film. And going forward towards, you know, to play the Rams, we know we got to fix a lot of things, and we know we got to fix them as fast as possible to get the ball back rolling and get back to ourselves. The Rams are coming off a bye week after back-to-back losses to the Titans and 49ers. Rams head coach Sean McVay. For us, we haven't done a good enough job these last couple weeks of winning the turnover battle. You know, for our football team through 10 games, when we're in the plus, we're 7-0. and In the three games that we've lost, we haven't won the turnover battle. And I also think that's one of the reasons why the Packers have been so successful under Matt, but really since Aaron's been there, is because they do a great job of taking care of the football and not turning it over, and they're doing a nice job being able to take it away as well. Best Packers coverage. <laughs> Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Last chance to chat before a couple days off here for Thanksgiving. Tomorrow will be a best of. Friday will be as well. And then Monday we'll be back. Talk Packers Rams, the Axe game, Badgers hoops. Maybe the Bears fire Matt Nagy. We'll see. So that'll be coming up on Monday. Uh, our next guest, morning show host on The Zone, Over the Line. Uh, my good personal friend and buddy, uh, and also, I think you're a bit of an influencer. This is Ebo, and Ebo, I say influencer because I follow you on Instagram and on Facebook, and I always see pictures of you and your lovely wife cooking and making these huge, delicious meals. So tomorrow, you got to be ready, right? Do you have anything planned for uh, for Thanksgiving special, culinary wise? Well, Grant, uh, by the way, I'm, I'm thankful that I get to be on the Wisco Sports Show. It's been so long, so I'm very thankful for this, and I'm glad that I have the opportunity. I'm actually cooking right now. Grant really? Says, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I just uh, I'm watching the Badgers. I have a I call it a poor man's brand deal fashion. It's without muddling the cherries or the oranges. Everything else is in there, and then I'm making a gigantic loaded baked potato as I'm frying some bacon, oh. and the potatoes are in the uh, the oven right now. Oh, so what what all goes on? I'm hungry. Can you please just give me a little give me a rundown of what goes on your loaded baked potato? Oh well, I mean bacon obviously. Mm-hmm. You got yourself some green onions. You have some cheese. You have some sour. Well, I use Greek yogurt instead because there's more protein and healthier. Ooh. And then uh, maybe a little white onion, but the green onion takes care of that. But Grant, tomorrow, uh, my wife and I are making a gigantic big salad in a nod to Elaine from Seinfeld. <laughs> uh, big... We like to eat our we like to eat our veggies. Are you making it in the shower like Kramer? You could you could pay homage to two <laughs> Seinfeld characters at once. The big salad. I sadly do not have an elephant shower head. Oh, uh, you know, between the elephant. So damn. no, not not in the shower. Not in the shower. No. Well, that's I, funny. Well done. Well, thank you. I, I came to play today. I uh, I will not be doing any cooking. Although I'll wake up and ask my mother if she needs help because I'm going to see my parents. Hey, mom, do you want help? And she'll probably be like, just yeah. Set we're, the gonna, table we're going to my whatever. mom and stepdad's, and we we're going to have ourselves turkey. Obviously, there's ribs as well being done. Yeah. And then everything else in between all the fixings. Well, why don't we start with Badger Tubes? Because we're both watching this game right now, and we've watched them through this tournament. i got to say, Ebo, I've been impressed. I, it's not that my expectations were zero for this team. I didn't think they were crappy, but I see some fight. I see some pizzazz, and they've strung together a couple good wins, and some of these players have impressed me. Johnny Davis, yes, but some of these other guys have had moments, too. I've enjoyed watching this team so far this season. Oh, uh, SFI. I mean, watching the game right now, Badger's only down by two. I, I like... Now, they're going to have... 
be growing pains this year, obviously, because they're a very young team, right? Brad Davison, I think, is taking a step back. You see Johnny Davis, shout out to lacrosse, emerge yes. as a leader. And, I mean, against the Houston Cougars, 30 points, it was his game. He is Mr. Vegas. They should build a statue of him. But, Grant, <laughs> what I'm seeing right now is Brad Davison just took a charge a little bit ago. He finally had his first point of the game at a three-pointer. You got uh, some other Badgers taking charges, you know, a la Brad Davison. And Johnny Davis finally hitting some shots. I like the fact that they were up 20 points yesterday and then had to kind of weather the storm and find a way to win. It's good for a young team to learn how to do that. I think this is a great learning opportunity, too, against St. Mary's. I still think the Badgers are going to pull this one out. Uh, six minutes left, down by two. I think the Badgers will get this done. It's a good learning experience on Hawaii's Ninth Island. Yeah, in, La- in Las Vegas. I keep saying it's a mouthful. The Maui Jim Maui Invitational Championship in Las Vegas. <laughs> like, dude, that's... Which is... Yeah. I kid you not, it is Hawaii's Ninth Island. I thought it was a joke. I looked it up. Apparently, a bunch of Hawaiians uh, fell in love with Vegas many moons ago and started moving there. I think there's an Elvis connection. Really? And it is indeed Hawaii's Ninth Island. I, I wish I could... You know, say I made that up, but that's been a thing for a long time. Surprise to me. Morning show host, chef, and geographical expert. We're speaking with Ebo. Have the refs <laughs> been getting heavy-handed in this one? I'm watching on mute, obviously, but I'm seeing on Twitter. Yes. Seems like there's just a lot of whistles here, a lot of charges too. I don't like that. Let's let's let the kids decide the game. You know, there's there's a lot of well. First of all, the Badgers are getting blocked a bunch. I've never seen the Badgers be blocked so many times. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of offensive fouls, a lot of charges, obviously. Uh, but here's the thing. I'm not in the business of blaming referees. I'm, I'm in either. the business of making your shots. Yeah. And the Badgers haven't been making a lot of their shots. If, if The refs are always going to interject themselves in games when you're not going to be making points. Yeah. So if you just score your buckets, then the refs, listen, Grant, the refs are always going to have bad calls. That's yeah. just sports. Mm-hmm. But make your shots. Yeah. A1, make your shots. We have, I'm counting right now, 33 fouls in this game, and there's six minutes to go. It's just a lot of activity, but when there's missed shots, absolutely. There's loose balls, and there's contact. Absolutely, I agree with you. Let's talk about the Packers, and let's stay on the subject of officiating. I saw some Packer people on Sunday and on Monday, hey, the Packers got jobbed. This call was bad. This call was bad. All these things. And I said, look, they got unlucky with some injuries. The ball didn't bounce their way a couple of times. They had a tough roughing the passer call. I don't think they were jobbed in that game. I think the Vikings played really well. And the Packers just, they're banged up, and they got a little unlucky. And they didn't play great to start. That was my take. What do you think about the Packers right now and headed into the game against the Rams? Listen, I, I can see why people are upset about Preston Smith, you know, sacking uh, Kirk Cousins and getting the call. But it was the correct call. You can't go bashing into, I know it's Kirk Cousins, yeah. but you can't go bashing into any quarterback's face, uh, helmet to helmet. That, Despite, you know, how we want to say, like, let football be violent again whatever that's not ever going to be the case anymore yeah. so that was the correct call the interception you know that almost was but wasn't i hate to say it also the correct call mm-hmm. it just was as you put it out on twitter many times grant it was the packers couldn't capitalize in the first half on their opportunities and they should have uh, especially i know mason crosby missed a field goal and they lost by three points and the vikings had their chances, though, to advance the ball, which they're moving at will mm-hmm. on the defense at the end there, and they kept kneeling the ball as time went down. So even though Mason Crosby missed his field goal, it could have been different, sure. Would the Vikings maybe pick up a first down to continue that and get a touchdown? Maybe. But, yeah, I think it was an outlier for the defense. They're very banged up. They need to buy in a desperate way. So yeah. let's get David Bakhtiari back. Let's get Zadarius Smith back, maybe Jair Alexander, and get this defense a little healthier, and give Aaron Rodgers – and the rest of that offense, a little break. Therefore, they can get a little more healthy. 
Yeah. I'm with you. I think, well, it's like a three-day weekend or a holiday when you know it's coming up. Man, you feel recharged when you come back into work. Well, it, it, sometimes. But it gives you something to look forward to and kind it gives of. you a chance to catch your breath. Yeah, sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. But Grant, you and I have to do a lot of work, uh, not to toot our own horns, but you and I got to do a lot of work leading up to a three- or a four-day weekend. So it's, it's, it's like a marathon. Yeah. But then we can kind of coast, you know? Well, radio stations, that's the thing. They don't shut down on holidays, so you just got to do all the work ahead of time. I was talking to start the show. I was like, oh, I'm so amped. I get a couple days off here. And someone texted in. He's like, you, you oh, good for you for having a four-day weekend. Some of us have to work today, tomorrow, the next day. And I'm like, I, I didn't mean to trigger anyone. I'm sorry. I work hard. We work a don't lot. Ap- don't apologize. Yeah, I won't apologize for taking four days off. Absolutely. Darn right. I'm with you. Exactly. Grant, exactly. Yeah. I mean, w- listen, you and I, I mean, you're in charge and in, in taking care of WKTY. I got WOZN over here. We always want to make sure people have the best content and the opportunity to listen to said content. <laughs> yeah. So we're trying to be there for the people, Grant. By the way, uh, tomorrow in lacrosse on WKTY, we'll be carrying all three NFL games on Westwood One. So a little holiday special. If you're driving to and from the relative's place and you don't want to miss the action, Who you can hear it. Who uh, Actually, we run it in automation because I'm a computer wizard. Oh, and I can automation. Uh, yeah, really. And I'm a wizard and can get it set up to run correctly. Watch it run terribly tomorrow, and then it'll be my issue. And uh, I'll, I'll <laughs> love it up. But we're talking with uh, Evo from The Zone in Madison. Uh, Badgers football. We got the Axe game on Saturday. I love that the Axe game traditionally is paired with Thanksgiving. I love that they go together. I have a lot of memories. Thursday, you have Thanksgiving. Friday, maybe you put the tree up. Saturday, you watch the Axe game. Zach, back at 4.30, predicted 14 points or more the Badgers are going to win this game. Do you agree with that? Oh, I agree. I think it's going to be a stomping. I think uh, Braylon Allen's going to rush for 100 yards again. More, obviously. And I think Graham Mertz is going to do just what he needs to do, and that's hand the ball off to Braylon Allen and make a couple timely passes maybe find Kendrick Pryor in the end zone. I think the Badgers uh, are on a roll right now, and I'm sure Zach covered this a lot better than I will. But the Badgers are, you know, they're peak. they haven't peaked. They're peaking at the right time. And what they're doing right now is nothing short of incredible. Stacking wins, to quote Mike McCarthy, stacking success. And to keep carrying it. It's, it's, it's P.J. Flack and the yeah. Minnesota Golden Gophers. Who doesn't hate those guys? No, you know, I, that's I extra motivation. I had a texter because Zach always takes some shots at the Gophers. And, and you know me. I grew up surrounded by Vikings fans. I grew up very close to the border. So I'm, I'm docile Whoa. as a fan. You know, we, we learn to, to coexist with one another. We're, we're very um, – we keep our noses down and we smile at each other. So on this show, I don't, don't do a lot of smack talking. But Zach and I were poking fun at P.J. Fleck. And I got a text. He's like, oh, the Gophers are banged up. You guys can crack your jokes, though. I, look, nothing against the Gophers players. I think P.J. Fleck is kind of a goofball, and I was watching highlights of Kind of. Tw- he's a lot of a goofball. That 2019 game at TCF in the snow when the Badgers stomped him after falling behind 7 to nothing, and P.J. Fleck's got his dumb little tie and quarter zip on, and he looks all sad and wet. Oh, one of my favorite Badger memories from the last couple of years. Oh, it's incredible. P.J. Fleck is one of the most smarmiest dudes in all of football, if not the smarmiest. Grant. Minnesota made up their own rings for co-champions of the Big Ten West. They didn't win the Big Ten West. P.J. Fleck had rings made up. Who was playing Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship game? I didn't see anyone in a Minnesota uniform splitting time with Wisconsin. Grant, when we look at Wisconsin, and they want to talk this texture you have, talking about injury, Mm -hmm. there's been five running backs alone on Wisconsin that are no longer with the team from transfer, injury, or being kicked off, obviously. Braylon Allen was like the fourth stringer when the season started. He didn't even play in the first two games. When we talk about injury, what are we talking about here? The Badgers 
are just better. When you look at Minnesota and their recruits, if you look at top recruits in the state of Minnesota, the number one recruit or not even the number two recruit go to Minnesota. They go to Wisconsin. Yeah. They go to someone to Nebraska, believe it or not. So nobody wants to be in the state of Minnesota playing for the Gophers because P.J. Flack and them are a joke. P.J., that was excellent. By the way, can I clip that and use it for a promo? That was very – you summed it up nicely. You had a clincher at the end. That was nice. I think I'm going to put that in a promo. You can do whatever you want. Well, thank you. you do whatever you want with that. We're talking with Ebo. i got to ask you, this Aaron Rodgers foot thing, it's just funny. He pulled out his foot in a press conference <laughs> today. Like, I know we were going back and forth about it on Twitter, and you think I'm triggered by the By the way, this. that's nothing but love, Grant. That's nothing oh, about love. Oh, just, for me just... as well. You think I'm triggered over this. I'm not triggered, but Rodgers was low-key kind of triggered today a little bit, wasn't he? He pulled out his toe. I, I, when you say you're not triggered, I, I honestly don't believe you, Grant. I'm just going to be honest. <laughs> I don't get triggered. Uh, well, I don't get triggered. When I see uh, <sighs> Rodgers has expertly trolled people his entire career, mm-hmm. and I hear big-time journalists that cover the Packers all of their brains have melted over Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I don't think I am in overstepping any bounds by saying because he's not vaccinated. I think a lot of journalists, uh, all of a sudden, they just their brains became warped over it because they thought yeah. Rodgers was, and they, you know, they're like, "Oh my God, this guy that I I worshipped and covered doesn't think like me." Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, they have to hate him uh, or feel bad or feel indifferent about not even indifferent. They just don't like him anymore. And Aaron Rodgers literally is telling some of these people what you're reporting and what you're doing is false. It's And he said in the press conference, it's disinformation. The fact that he's got to go out there, and he doesn't have to do this, talk about his medicals. First of all, it's insane to me. It's insane to him. Like, where's privacy gone? But Aaron Rodgers has to talk about this stuff. And the fact that he shows up his toe after Wall Street Journal has this whole post about him having COVID toes, he's like, I have a fractured toe. I was joking around. I was being sarcastic, yeah. which I've been my entire life. To me, to see these journalists say, feel sorry for me, I've been duped, I just laugh at them. To me, it's hilarious to me. They're just, Grant, soft. I, I don't disagree. When you said that we have now changed the way we looked at Rodgers, and I think some reporters do too, it's not that huge of a deal. If he's missing games and it becomes this big deal, well, then it's different. But if he doesn't want to get vaxxed, he doesn't have to get vaxxed. I don't disagree with you on that. The part where I think we differ a little bit and why I tweeted about this today is like, look, if Rogers wants to keep his medical information private, cool, keep it private. But when you go on the McAfee show and you start cracking jokes about this and that and you're sarcastic and you're trolling like you always have, maybe some people take it the wrong way. And I think that piece in the the Wall Street Journal, like that was dumb. Like they shouldn't have put that out. And I, I talked about this with Zach back at 430, but it was in the realm of possibility and Rogers kind of left that door open and I don't really feel for him. I don't know. I think I think one of the symptoms of COVID, if you got it or didn't yeah. get it, I guess for some people is is you lose a sense of humor. <laughs> and Aaron Rodgers definitely has. If I mean, I know you watched the interview, Grant, so yeah. it, it, it kind of boggled my mind that you didn't pick up on the humor and the sarcasm. Man, maybe you did, and you're just playing a bit. But yeah. a lot of people didn't. It's like this is Aaron Rodgers. You've known the entire time, and you could tell by his inflection and just by what he was saying and, and laughing that it was a, a joke. Yeah. And these people just, like Wall Street Journal, and I saw, like, Yahoo Insider had an article, too. Of course. Of proclaiming that Rodgers has COVID, told this and that. And Rodgers has to go out and, and put his foot up, like he's running his OnlyFans, like, foot <laughs> fetish site. Yeah. To say, I have a fractured toe. I don't know how more clear I could be. Because in the other, you know, Pat McAfee interview, he was talking about how he his pinky toe 
had a like dislocated bone or something. I forget yeah. the exact vernacular he used. But uh, everyone I thought that had humor and common sense could tell that he was joking. But in this world, I guess you can't assume anymore. You know? Yeah. Well, and people are. Oh, by the way, Wisconsin is winning fifty-four to fifty-three with a minute thirty left. Yeah, they are. This is a good game. I'm a little bit behind you. I got it on my laptop too, and I've been watching some big, big free throws there from what was that Tyler Wall. Um, to help him out a little bit. Yeah, to put this story to bed, I, like, I'm with you. I agree with a lot of the things that you have to say. I'm just like, man, if, if you don't want people talking about it, then don't let them speculate. Just say it's none of your business or come out and say, yeah, I broke my toe, and that's that. I don't know. I, well, I, I mean, a guy a guy who would drink purple crush after he beat the Vikings <laughs> trolling, a guy, yeah. I don't know if you remember a, a Lions player, he just sat there and Rodgers did the championship belt and then, like, tore his ACL. Yep. So Rodgers, when he played the Lions next, did the championship belt in front of the guy after he scored a touchdown. Like, yeah. this guy's trolled his entire career. And the same people that would celebrate that stuff are now mad that they're getting trolled in the writing articles like Wall Street Journal, which to me is hilarious. I just this whole drama of Rogers, this football season has been so different and bizarre, bizarre and just divisive between people. Uh, I feed off of it. I love it, to be honest with you. Yeah, well, it's good for conversation. It's good for us. Bizarre, I think, is a really good word. In the end, I don't know what any of it means, but it's interesting to talk about. Uh, what uh, it means is, is people just get mad about it at each yeah. other, which is the dumbest <laughs> thing to ever do because they're million-dollar athletes that don't care about you. Yeah. So it's, it makes it even funnier. Yeah, they'll be okay. Well, we might not be millionaires, Evo, but we are rich of heart, and I'm excited for Thanksgiving tomorrow. Ooh. And you enjoy some like uh, some time and some fellowship. Hold your loved ones close, and happy Thanksgiving, Evo. I'm thankful for you. Grant, Grant, I am thankful for you and the Wisco Sports Show on our beautiful airwaves here at WOZN as well as lacrosse. Shout out to Claire as well. You're a, you're a wonderful friend, Grant, and keep on keeping on, my brother. God bless you, Evo. Happy Thanksgiving. Godspeed. You as well. Thanks. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, that's Evo. Find him on Twitter, at Evo Says. Uh, I'm on his show every Tuesday morning. Uh, I don't have Evo on weekly, but it's been a while. I should have him on back soon. Uh, it's always good to good to connect uh, and good to touch base with our buddy Evo. Let's take a break. I'm going to watch the final minute or two of this Badgers game, and then we'll wrap up the Wisco Sports Show coming up after this.